Welcome back to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast and this mini series about getting started in property. Uh, just a massive thank you to everyone that reached out and wanted to be part of this series. It was very difficult to have to pick a couple of people uh, in order to get this series underway. Uh, today, delighted to be joined by Gary Nielsen and Kirsty Wilson, who have started Allmad Properties, based in Leeds. They've been doing it on and off for quite a while, and they've had a very productive lockdown. But rather than me give a, a, a big introduction, uh, it's all about hearing the stories of others. So, Gary, Kirsty, thank you very much for taking part in the mini series. Thanks, Rob. Cheers, Rob. Thanks for having us on. You're welcome. Uh, in, in the emails that you sent about your story and you know where you were, what's been going on. I mean, the emails were incredibly thorough, and I could sit here and just read them out. To be fair, I mean, there'd there be no need for the podcast. So, uh, go back to uh, go back to the very beginning because that's a, that's the best place to start. So, why why property? What got you involved in property in the first place? So. Um... We've been together for about 10 years now, so um, we met in January 2011 um, and it wasn't that kind of long after we'd been together that we decided that we would take the plunge and, and move in and at that point we were, um, we both owned a house, um, it made sense for us to move into Gary's just because of location and size, so at that point we became kind of, I guess, accidental landlords. Um, so we decided to rent my property. Um, it was a two bed terrace in South Leeds. Um, a great rental, great size, everything, very easy to rent. And it kind of started from there really. Um, and it wasn't that long after, just our sort of situation changed. We had a bit of money available. Um, and then Gary was kind of itching to get um, to get into the kind of landlord space as well, weren't you, Gary? Yeah, so we, we sold the house that I owned and we bought a place together that was sort of ours rather than just mine. Um, so I took a bit of capital out of, out of that property and bought a um, property that had been part exchanged uh, with a house builder. Um, so, yeah, that was a couple of years after. So we bought that um, and did uh, a refurbishment on that, a light refurbishment on that. Um, which was uh, putting a new bathroom in it, decorating it top to bottom, and sort of new doors on the on the kitchen and flooring throughout. And we did that whilst working in full time jobs, so lots of late nights, lots of weekends. So uh, that took us about ten weeks. So it was pretty good going on top of the the day job, um, but a very tiring ten weeks, um, to say the least. But uh, yeah, that's that's where we we sort of really got going, and then a couple of years after yeah, that, yeah, it, it was a few years later we decided to venture into parenthood, um, which um, is a whole other story. But I think at that <laughs> point um, we um, I was actually on maternity leave, wasn't I? And um, it was our first child, and I needed a project. So like background wise, um, I'm a project manager we both um, when we met we both worked in corporate jobs for the same company which is how we met um gary still works in in the corporate world but um i, I kind of needed something to, to to get my teeth into whilst i was on maternity so we bought our third property the first one together the first rental together um at the end of 2014 um and um and rented that out as well so and then we kind of i guess we took a bit of a a pause, 
from a property perspective, I think we had, you know, we had quite a lot going on, didn't we? Because then we should, a couple of years later, we had another child. So um, we had a bit of a rest and it wasn't until this year that we've really then got, kind of got going with our property journey. Although I think in the middle of that, whilst having the children, we did put an extension on our own house. Oh yeah. So yeah. that we went quite a lot from as well. So we put a quite a big downstairs ground floor extension, wraparound extension on working with the builders. So Kirsty again was on maternity during that period and she's a project manager by trade. So um, she was working with the builder and sort of she got to understand from that process the sequencing of of a build. Um, obviously not firsthand, but by seeing it by osmosis really. Um, and that sort of whetted our appetite. We knew we wanted when funds and time permitted in the future that we wanted to um, progress further in our property journey. Um, but that was a big learning for us, mm. particularly around, um, I guess, seeing what we had a main contractor builder do it for us um, and seeing what, what he did well and what things he didn't do quite as well. Um, Kirsty being the project manager, um, that she has always picked up on when things were not sequenced quite right. And he was a bit last minute on ordering things, getting things in. So he he would come to us um, one day with a decision on a spec of a product, asking us to make a decision overnight. Now, when it, you're investing a lot of money into a, into a building, into your home, you, you want a little bit of time to consider the finishes. So that was one thing that we learned from that, I guess, was making sure that you build in adequate time for the decision process. Um, he was very focused on the, the delivery and the doing, but not necessarily the decision process, I guess. So that was one thing that we weren't and we've taken forward into our projects that we bought. Made us um, realise we need a project manager, aka me. <laughs> so Gary's the accountant. So we actually make quite a good team. We've got similar but different skill sets. So, um, but both equally important in, the, in our business. Without a shadow of a doubt, and it's quite an interesting uh, couple of things that you mentioned there. First of all, in having complementary skill sets, I think that's a fundamental for anyone that's, you know, going into business, gathering, especially as you know, you're at, you know, you've got kids. You know, people, everything. A lot of people find it a challenge to work with their partner. Um, yeah. So so do we. <laughs> fair enough. That's, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, it's, it's the quite a big break that you had between, say, 2014 uh, and then, well, effectively 2020. So it's quite a big gap, although, you know, say a couple of kids, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, now, I noted that you then decided to move into doing property business full time and that you set up your limited company in February and then this pandemic hit whoopee and, and uh, this year has been this year. But what made you finally get from you know being accidental landlords having that extension done on your own property what what got you from there to deciding yeah actually we want to do this full time was there a certain trigger point or did you know that something happen that made you decide to go down that route what was it we've always really enjoyed so we, we we've got all the properties that we've owned we've done quite a lot of work too so i know the first property the property the fir our first rental like I pretty much transformed and we've we've always had a quite an interest when we bought the property we live in now we wanted a property that 
that needed some work. We didn't want that, you know, that perfect house that somebody else had done. So we're really quite keen on on the transformation process. Um, yeah. And I think it's that. And then for me, it was the amount of hours that I was doing and the travel also involved. So I quite often be a couple of days a week away from home. And the, the big trigger for me was I was realizing that I wasn't seeing my children as much as I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, it's really about um, doing something that's a, a passion for us in terms of property. But then the major driver is the the freedom that in time it will give us to spend with our children. So mm-hmm. um, for Kirsty now, who is into the, the property business full time, um, she can structure her day around the children. So if that means working on an evening, but they're spending quality time on the afternoon with, with the children, then that's something that we can do. So that's a major driver. And then something that I also want us to be able to do in the hopefully not too distant future is is around travel and being able to take a good chunk of the six-week children's school holiday and just say set off and, and, and go around Europe. Um, that's definitely a goal that we both got set out um, for us. So I guess those are the, the two trigger points combined with a passion that we already had um, that, that pushed us towards full-time property or, or wanting yeah. to be full-time properties. I think I think right at the start of this year, we realised that we kind of got to a good place. So our children were young enough but old enough to kind of give us a little bit more freedom and we wanted so we, we set up um, all my properties in february as you as you noted um and we, we started we actually were looking at properties early on in february weren't we and then things changed for us slightly in march when covid hit um, i was working as a contractor and i was working in the hospitality industry so my contract got terminated um because of covid so at that point, we realised that this was now our, our, our opportunity to, to go for it. Hence me being in full time in the business and Gary still working in his um, his corporate role. So that's kind of, we've done it that way around just because of our circumstances. And actually, you know, COVID hit, it's been quite a difficult year for a lot of people. But what we've tried to do is kind of make the most of the opportunity and we've done a lot of learning this year, haven't we? As we say, we've bought two properties this year. Um, uh, one of them was an absolutely major transformation. Um, and we managed to get that complete in eight in eight weeks, even through COVID. And even managing to get plaster and everything else that was kind of in short supply, we, we managed to achieve it, didn't we? Yeah, and I think that's where you're your experience came in in terms of that planning process because you were always thinking ahead of, of what was needed. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's probably one of our big learnings is is when you're on a project, your, your action might be in the day-to-day, but your mind needs to be in the next steps ahead. So you need to be planning on when you need to acquire those specific materials for the next stages of the job. So that sort of, I guess, links back to what we saw in the builder and some of the things he didn't do quite as well. So the learning we'd taken from before and then use that in our experience on the ground uh, in our our first project that we did. The thing as well to point out is a couple of couple of things that you said there is number one, it sounds like your your mindset and the way that you're framing things is incredibly positive. And that for anyone listening that's thinking of getting into 
property or thinking of running their own business, etc. That is crucial that you've got to have that positive mindset and always looking for opportunities. I mean, you know, yes, millions and millions of people have suffered from, you know, the knock on effects of, you know, this pandemic. You know, that is what it is. But when you look at the opportunities and go, well, hang mm-hmm. on a minute, you know, I've got X cash in the bank, maybe I'm going to go and buy this property or, you know, I'm going to go and make, I don't know, hand sanitizer, you know, for example, big mm-hmm. market for that now. Um, so the, the mindset's crucial. And, you know, you, you've both got that by the sound of it, which is superb. And the other thing that I love that you've done this year, so it, as you've said, you've added two properties this year, but the way you've gone about both of them is actually completely different. So just dive into a, a little bit more uh, in the differences in, in the two projects that you've done this year. Um, yeah, so um, so our investment area is predominantly um, the kind of south of Leeds, the, the Wakefield kind of area. So um, Castleford, Pontefract, uh, Wakefield. Um, and we, we set about looking for a property um, probably in summertime, didn't we? Um, we'd done some learning, we decided it was it was the right time, we assessed what our strategy was, how we could utilise the million funds that we had um, to make the best use of that. Um, and so we set about looking for, for properties in the area that we know well. So Gary's from Pontefract originally, so he knows, you know, he's lived in Castleford, um, he knows the area inside out. So that was one of our, our kind of main focuses. But at the same time, I know... Gary's probably, so Gary kind of talks a lot about my skill set, but Gary's really good with anything figures related, but he's also loves learning. So, um, you know, you've been listening to podcasts and um, various other, you know, audio books, everything this year. And actually you, you met, you made contact with um, a property sourcer over at the other side of the Pennine. So we got chatting to him through lockdown as well because we wanted to open up different avenues and channels. It's quite a competitive market at the moment for, for properties. Uh, there's a lot of property investors, especially in, we've noticed in West Yorkshire. So we didn't want to just go down one route. So that was why our, our second property is actually um, in an area we don't know so well. Um, but by working with somebody else, we're kind of, um, I guess, spreading our risk a, a little bit as well, aren't we, Gary? Yeah, indeed. I think we were in one market and this just puts us into into another market as well. And I think in terms of, I guess, one thing for, for, for anyone thinking about using a, a saucer is make sure that you do your background checks and your due diligence on that, that person. Um, and also when in, on any deals or properties that they bring forward, don't just take their word for it, do your own research, which is what what we did and what I'd taken from the, the learnings I'd been doing through that year as well. So when whenever he presented us with any deals, we did our own due diligence on it and then saw that a few, um, certainly the vast majority of the deals that he brought forward were, were good deals. And then when the right one came across our desks, we went for it. And I think the other reason for doing that as well was that um, the timing it was they were essentially um, concurrent developments it didn't quite work out like that but the offers were made in a very similar time period so um, it's just that the second one was a bit delayed from the seller's side so in the end it, it would have worked out but we thought we were going to have two projects at once and when we didn't have that experience of doing full projects 
trying to jump in from zero to two would have been too big a jump. So I think there was multiple reasons for doing it. And we didn't uh, have any childcare at that point, Gary, yeah. if you remember. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. It was in the, in the midst of we're, make, we're making effective use out of our, our time because, you know, that is one of my kind of um, key learnings. You know, the reason that we're doing all of this is because of our, our children, um, but our children are the reason that we have limited amount of time. So it's about being really um, effective with the with the number of hours that we have a week. So we're really quite, you know, um, planned and organised. We have a every Sunday evening we talk around what's our priorities for the week we plan out our time based around whether you know whether I have viewings etc but we, we kind of time block other parts of our week to make sure that I Gary helps me in doing this because it's you know it's my time but um to make sure that we're making the most out of the time that that, that we've got um because it's just you know that's really important for us to kind of move at move at move at a pace that we that we want to to go out 100 percent. you've got to you've got to do it at a, a rate that works for you and this is again another key thing to point out to you know people listening that are thinking of getting into property that there's no there's no um you know one route one direction doesn't fit all you know some people are going to have different strategies some people might flip develop you know work with land some people might do hmos houses of multiple occupations some people might do you know your, your regular bog standard buy to lets and there's no right or wrong way i say as long as you do everything ethically um you know there, there's no right or wrong way of, of doing property uh, so that's good to note in terms of structure of 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 the business now you you said that your first sort of three properties were going back five six seven years ago in terms of structure moving forward how did you decide where to put these properties so you know limited company or personal names did you speak to the relevant uh, advisors professionals did you get that information from listening to various podcasts how did you decide to to go down that route um so I guess a, a bit of a mixture, really. Um, I obviously have a, a accountancy background, so I have an understanding of corporate structure um, and t- the advantages and disadvantages of, of limited companies over um, sort of sole traders. Um, so I had that in, in the locker, and then through the learnings, I guess, that I had picked up along the way, um, speaking to people in networks as well, um, and then just general research. Um, I think I was able to cut through um, the legislation and, and the rules around uh, the tax legislation uh, because of my background and understanding. Um, and also because of, I guess, my current corporate role uh, and, and the tax that I pay through that, that a limited company was the best, the best option for us, particularly with our longer term goals as well. So it probably won't pay off for the first year or two, but then after that, then uh, the limited company structure sort of then does bring the benefits. Mm. So I guess it's assessing um, all the pros and cons of that and being fully aware of all the things that come into it as well. Uh, I guess one of the things that you don't necessarily know about when going into it is the buy-to-let mortgages and the things that come with those. So the products tend to be more expensive you then have to get independent legal advice as a director because you have to give a personal guarantee for that limited company buy-to-let mortgage. 
and that comes with additional cost as well. So it's researching and knowing about those things uh, and going into it with your eyes open, I guess. Um, I would certainly advise anybody uh, going into it to, to get the relevant advice. Obviously, I'm quite lucky that, that that's my sort of profession. So, but uh, yeah, I would definitely advise people to, to to seek the relevant advice. It might cost a little bit upfront, but I think it will pay dividends in the long run for, for getting set up correctly to match your goals. Hands down, 100%. And having the having the end game in mind is is so important as well that there's no point just buying three properties and going yeah that's us done you know if it, it makes it easier when you're speaking to as you say relevant you know accountants mortgage brokers if you can go in and say like hey yeah you know i want 35 properties by the time i'm 60 for example i want to do three a year nice and consistent you know what do you think the best thing to do is you know put the ball in their court uh, as well because you know otherwise that's the first question you normally get asked is well what are you looking to achieve so, yeah absolutely. you know it's good it's good to have that in your arsenal as well in terms of in terms of funding then apart from sort of getting nose deep into you know various ila paperwork as, as you've mentioned and that's just part of the fun uh with doing loads of <laughs> biter let's trust me on that um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of strategy then um are, are you going down a hmo strategy are you going down a buy to let strategy what strategy and why so we're, we're going down um the buy to let strategy at the moment um probably because um we're both relatively risk averse um, in terms of our personalities and we like to um build up our experience before moving on to the next thing. So we're not saying that we will always be in that space, but that, that's where we're starting out. Um, and in terms of around that, we're, we're looking at, well, we are doing a, a BRR strategy, which I know is very popular in terms of buying things that, that need work, uh, renovating them, trying to, I guess, add the value to that property and then remortgage down the line. We're, in quite a fortunate position um, that we had those three properties that we've held for some time, we were able to remortgage those um, and take some finance out of those. So we've been in a position where we've been able to buy cash, do the renovation and then refinance them to a buy to let limited company mortgage to take the vast majority or a good chunk of our funds out, leaving some funds in there. Um, I know people talk about sort of full cash out deals, but I think they're relatively rare nowadays. But we certainly added, we're able to recycle um, a good proportion of the, of the funds out, leaving some in there, but that just gives us more onto the next deposit um, that will be left in. So we're looking now for our next projects, really, in terms of uh, next ones to move on to. That first property that, that we did, uh, we were able to... Re, uh, refurbish it in eight weeks and from getting the keys to being able to get the buy-to-let mortgage onto it was four months which is a, a relatively good time period particularly in the middle of lockdown mm. um, with all the, the mortgage companies having people work from home so we were really pleased with being able to turn that around in, in four months and we got a tenant in there within 10 weeks we were we were inundated, weren't we? With tenant viewings. Um I guess that's the bit that we we kind of we know we know well. So because we've had three vital lets for a while, we self manage them. So 
we're quite familiar with the, the tenant process and we you know we advertise and manage them all ourselves so but yeah we um we got a lot of interest in the uh, our newest renovation didn't we which is good yeah Awesome stuff. I love loving loving this story. I loving the loving the progress. Loving the learning curves uh, that you mentioned uh, as well. And as you uh, as you said as well, to have three properties already in the background, refinance them, take the cash out, and then you know purchase these two cash this year. Uh, what you know, one of which, as you've mentioned, you've already refinanced there, which is great. In terms of leaving money in. Uh, when you sort of got learning more about property, was this 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 golden egg, as I say, of you know taking all your money out? It, I mean, it can happen. I've seen numerous examples, etc. But Aaron and I have no issue leaving you know ten k in a deal because we look at the net return on investment, and if that meets a certain number, then you know that that works for us because we're quite risk averse as well. Was there any harm in leaving? Um, X amount in in the deals. Does that bother you at all, or is it a case of it is what it is, and we're in this for the very long term, so it is going to pay dividends in the end? Yeah, I think that's definitely the approach that that we take. Is that um, it's very hard to get those deals um, in this day and age where you can take all your money back out. Um, so we were prepared, I guess, on our first the property that we did ourselves, we had to leave a little bit more in. Um, than we hoped, um, but we viewed that we went into that with our eyes open that it was it was a learning curve. We were going to learn a lot along the way. We were going to make mistakes. We'd done quite a bit of um, learning, sort of online learning, um, but we knew that this was going to be the practical application of that learning, and we were not going to be perfect from the outset. So we went into that with an open mind, and we we obviously. With me, we had our financial plans, and um, we didn't quite hit those, but we weren't that far off, so we were really quite pleased in terms of that. So, in terms, we had to leave about thirteen k in that deal. So, um, which for our first, we one, made we, money. We yeah. made money, didn't we? And that's that's yeah. It wasn't quite as good as we'd hoped for, but for our first our first try this year, it was it, we were pretty pleased. Yeah, and and I think the other. Bit on top of that is the practical learning that we made whilst Absolutely. doing the project as well, which is you know that's worth quite a bit of um, you would pay quite a lot of money for that as well. So we made a profit, we've got a good product, um, we've now got uh, some tenants living in there. Um, that's a really good story as well. They moved in at the start of October and then in early November they had a little boy, their first child together. So um, their little boy was brought into the world back to our, our house and their home. So that's quite a, quite a nice story as well. I think from a company perspective, one of our kind of key values is really around providing good quality accommodation for people. Um, so we have a variety of tenants in all with different stories, but we really, really are quite passionate about making sure that they've got nice homes to live in. Um, and, you know, we want to carry that on. That, that's paramount to have that approach as well it's you know we we help we always have responsibility i think as as well as landlords to you know we provide a service at the end of the day and we're here to provide you know nice safe suitable homes for people that want to have a you know in, enjoy their lives so i do think that 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 aspect is is something i think is forgotten 
with, mm. with with a few people but it's great to see you two taking that approach yeah absolutely in terms of one or two sort of more questions and wrap up with some top tips you know some some of your learnings but what's apart from traveling around europe in, in in the future what's what's the next couple of steps for yourselves uh, moving forward so um kind of i guess my challenge is um to grow our portfolio so um i think we've got this this target of 30 properties in our um you know in our kind of in our goals um we want to move um at a reasonable pace so um but whilst maintaining a, a good family life as well so um we're absolutely not going to be forfeiting um the, the, our children for the sake of the speed of the business but um gary you know we basically we want to be in a position where we're both this is our full-time job um but then it also gives us the flexibility and and, and freedom so um i think you know we've we've kind of got time frames in, in mind for that um and um gary's time frames are probably <laughs> shorter than mine <laughs> um but yeah so we both want to be full-time we want to get to a position where um the rental income is our our main income um, and and it then gives us the the opportunity to spend time with the children, go travelling. Um, Gary wants to play golf <laughs> more than I'm able to. Yeah. Um, and just have that nice nice balance of continuing to looking for new projects, but being able to choose. Say one day we actually just want to spend the day in the Yorkshire Dales, for example. Go for a nice walk. It's a nice sunny day, and not not be chained into a desk yeah so and i think one of the challenges for us now is that we're in the fortunate position that, that we do have a, a bit of capital but that capital doesn't last forever when you're leaving good chunks of it in, in a property so for now it, it's about um, attracting investors um, for us so we've we've started having some conversations with um, a few people who are um, potentially interested in um, investing with us so that it can enable us to accelerate our our purchasing our property journey um, and then the, the flip side is it's then finding those right deals putting the, the timing on the ground whether that be uh, via the traditional methods of, of right move and auction and also via um, direct to, to vendor means whether that be through sort of letters postal drops um, or Facebook ads. So those are our sort of goals over the next couple of months is, is to, to push that through so that we can start to accelerate um, and move away, I guess, from the um, doing the, the refurbishments ourselves and utilizing Kirsty's skills as a project manager so that we've got teams that are doing the projects for us and Kirsty's managing those sort of been been in the in the property sort of a couple of times a week and but just touching base with it that way and really managing it rather than doing it if that makes sense mm. makes perfect sense I, I, I love the very methodical approach there then again with your accounting background i wouldn't expect any less <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you uh, so that's great so that's what you've got planned for 
you know, years down the line, which is superb. Uh, but let's go back on to not just 2020, but the years before that. If you had to summarise the top three things that you've learned over your time in property to date, what would they be? Um, so I think the number one would uh, around our learnings is that the practical experience on the ground is invaluable. I think there is so much that you can learn online and through resources um, in a theoretical space, but actually implementing that on the ground um, would be the number number one for me. I, I wouldn't go straight in without any prior learning. I think that it's a really good grounding, um, but having that mix of both practical and, and online learning or theoretical learning as a balance, that for me would be would be number one. Um, I think I was going to yeah. say um, this is something that uh, I'm talking about pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. So we talk about this quite a lot between myself and Gary. Um, we're we're very confident in what we're comfortable with, but what one of the key things that we've learned is we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone to to move forward. And there's areas where we've had to learn and we've had to. Um, you know, that are just totally new to us that we've not necessarily, you know, the whole world of social media is uh, is something that, that's kind of forcing us um, outside of our comfort zone, but that's a good thing. That's how we see it. It's a good thing. You want to push yourself outside of that zone because that helps you, helps you move forward and helps you progress. Yeah. And then I think the, the third thing for me would be to maintain focus. I think there are, as you mentioned before, Rob, there are lots of different strategies that come along. There are lots of different courses that get advertised by people. Um, don't get distracted by the shiny penny syndrome um, and just keep focus on, on what you want to do um, in, the, in the short to medium term. You can always change your strategy down the line, but focus on one thing and get good at that before you then start to look at other alternatives. I mean, that that's the way that, that we take it because of our personalities, the way that we work. It may work for others, but I think really get good at, at one thing um, and, and don't try and do four or five different things because that's very hard to manage all those. Perfect. That, that to me sounds like a, a very good place to wrap up. I think there's a lot of great information there for people that, uh, well, for people in general, but certainly if people are just getting started or if people are, a couple of properties in and you know they're looking around on social media seeing all these you know million pound deals etc etc you know focus follow your own path if your plan is to you know do 25 30 buy to lets just focus on that you have to do what works for you and, and your life and your current circumstances as well just one last minor thing because I, I, I love the the note that you made about how all Mad Properties came about, as in the name. So mm -hmm. just elaborate where the name comes from. So um, our two daughters are called um, Orla and Madeline. Um, and, you know, it may sound a little bit cheesy, but uh, when we were looking at lots of different types of names, so much when, you, when you're registering a limited company, so many have been taken. We just thought, actually, what's really personal to us? And it can't get much more personal than our children. So... Um, yes, we did a, an abbreviation. I think it was Gary's Gary's idea, wasn't it? 
Um, and uh, Ormad, our eldest daughter is actually Madeline, but it felt better to do it Ormad than <laughs> the other way around. So, so yes, that's it's a rather strange name, and you do have to spell it when you're on the phone to people. But <laughs> but it's personal to us. And so the, we like it. The children are already used to coming looking at houses yes. <laughs> and viewing yeah. houses. So we are hoping down the line that it will be a, a family business, and they. If they so choose, they, they may come into the business when they're when they're old enough in sort of twelve years time for the eldest. So but we'll we'll leave that choice up to them. It's not something that we want to force onto them, but we want to have it there as an option for them when they're old enough if if they want to come into it. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty personal to us, I guess. That absolutely perfect. Love it. I, I absolutely love stuff like that. It's always a pleasure to to be able to hear what Gary, Kirsty, I really appreciate the the time that you've taken out uh, of your day to uh, be on the show. So, you know, a massive thank you to yourselves for that. Some cracking content there, a lot of practical lessons, I think, for people to go away with. And just time to really say a massive thank you once again. But if people wanted to get hold of you for any reason, how do they do that? So on uh, we're on Instagram, All My Properties. Um, and if you want to find myself, Gary Nielsen, on Facebook, and Kirsty's on Facebook as well, so just drop us a note. I know there's lots of people who are sort of starting out. Feel free to, you know, if you just want to catch up and have a chat and pick our brains and our experience, then more than happy to help anybody who's who's just getting started. And I've obviously got limited experience so far, but more than happy to share it with anyone because it's certainly something I wish I'd had have done. A couple of years ago lovely stuff and as usual we'll put all that into the show notes so yeah gary kirsty um awesome stuff um and you know best of luck moving forward thank you and thanks for having us on yeah thank you very much rob 